The Incomparable, number 414, July 2018. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I am your host, Jason Snell, and this continues our Summer of Marvel. This is our second installment, walking through all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe films that we have not yet covered on The Incomparable. Last time we talked about Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Now we're going to talk about the second and most overlooked Marvel Cinematic Universe film. That is The Incredible Hulk from 2008. It came out like three or four weeks after Iron Man came out. And it's a universal production, but technically it's in the MCU. I love technicalities. And you know, one movie isn't enough to talk about on a podcast, so I decided to have my three panelists watch a second movie, <laughs> and rather than being it being another MCU movie, I inflicted, well, no, maybe I bestowed upon them. We'll see how it goes. Ang Lee's 2003 film, Hulk. Joining me to talk about all things Gamma are these wonderful people. Tony Sintelar, hello. Uh, you wouldn't like me when I'm nerdy. Uh, hi. <laughs> hi. Interesting. <laughs> Erica Ensign. Hello. Erica Smash. <laughs> and Guy English. Hello, Guy. Hi. Don't make uh, me hungry, I think is what the line uh, is. Sorry. <laughs> I think line. there's been a mistake. I'm here for Han Solo. Is oh, that, I'm is sorry. Is that the next room over? I'm sorry. You're stuck over. with the Hulk okay. instead. You're stuck with the Hulk. Okay, well, I'll just sit in the back and drink the free coffee. So when when I was a kid, the Incredible Hulk TV show was on the on the TV with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Yes, mm-hmm. and I have fondness for that show, even though um, I'm sure it wasn't very good. But I don't even want to go back no. and find out because my memories are also fond. And also, my brother would hide. Uh, he would hide behind the couch every time he hulked out. It was really cute. And as a uh, as an adult, I realized that the Incredible Hulk TV show was basically like The Fugitive, except mm-hmm. except he became a monster. <laughs> but it was basically, you know, travel from town to town. He's being pursued, um, which is funny because, you know, that's not really what the comic book of The Incredible Hulk is all about. But, you know, it, I, I think it goes for these movies and it certainly went for the TV show. There is only so much you can do with a giant superhuman monster who destroys things when you have a budget. Um, and so with the TV show, they painted Lou Ferrigno green and had him, you know, do some light damage to various objects. And uh, <laughs> and then in these two movies, they said, well, we got a CGI Hulk. Oh, boy, that's expensive. <laughs> and in both cases, I think <laughs> they, they ran into the same issues. Um, I feel like we should start with Hulk, the Hulk in the room. We got to address the Hulk in the room. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. Lee's Hulk, which I had not, I had not seen either of these movies before we did this podcast. This is this that is ex- I- that explains a lot because I was confused, <laughs> doesn't it? Why this was happening? I thought you had like a special fondness for these movies, no. and we would learn about more about you, Jason Snell, and why I'm watching this movie again. Um, it's because I saw this movie in theaters. Flashback to 2003. Tony Sindelar has recently graduated from college. He is eating Lucky Charms out of an old Frisbee, and he's mad about Hulk, uh, Hulk dogs. Fifteen years pass. There's ups and downs, but he doesn't think about Hulk dogs. And now, this week, he's mad <laughs> about Hulk dogs again, and it's your fault. Mm. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a. You know, I heard. I, I don't think I knew a lot of details about it. I just knew that there were a lot of people who didn't like it, although some people liked it and it, and it did actually make money. So it, it doesn't seem like it's technically like a flop where we have to say if it's a bad, bad movie or a good, bad movie. But, um, I think it was a, it was a critical flop. Like Ang Lee, yeah. I think almost retired because of this movie. <laughs> I, like I believe he has said that. I, and like he I took time see. out for a while and was like convinced to like stick with directing by his dad and, and then went, went on and did other very good things. And he has done other great things before this. Ang Lee has done some really great stuff. He has also made the Hulk. He also made <laughs> Hulk. <laughs> yeah. It is a strange, strange film. We, we, um, it's about fathers and children, right? That's one of the weird things they do with the Hulk's origin story is that in this, his father, who's named um, David Banner, um, experiments on himself. And then his son gets this weird DNA, which is then manifested by um, 
by uh is it even gamma radiation there's gamma there's a gamma bomb mm-hmm. it's like t- it takes some of the old hulk comic story and shoves it into the past when bruce banner is a child and then of course there's betty ross and her dad general ross and um and really if if i had to say what the emotional heart of hulk is it's um it's that uh everybody's dad is a jerk <laughs> Nick Nolte <laughs> or Sam, is deeply uh, flawed. What's yeah. his name? Sam Elliott are are their yeah. jerks. Yeah, one of them just has a terrible, terrible mustache. It's a military grade mustache. Mm-hmm. So. No, it's just terrible. So this is a bad movie. Let's just get that out of yeah. the way. I, I had moments where I wondered if it wasn't, and then the right. um, then the Hulk runs around in the desert for a while, and I'm yes. like, oh no no no, it's a bad oh no, I got it right. Yeah, right. It it's also very long, it, and it's, it's, <laughs> two, it yeah, it's two and a half hours it, long. In fact, I didn't know how long it was going to be. I was watching it on iTunes, and at one point, like my internet sort of hiccuped, so it, it stopped to buffer, so it showed the little play bar at the bottom. I had genuinely thought the movie was getting ready to wrap up. It, it paused at an hour and 31 minutes, yeah. and there were 47 yeah, minutes two of hours movie left, and, and I was horrified. minutes runtime, which is... So <sighs> anyway, okay. so, so Guy, okay, you say, it, this is a bad Continue. movie, but you were... You it were is a, yes, there is definitely a but there. I... I admire it for sort of a lot of the things it tried to do. Yeah, it seems I agree. like Mar- Marvel. Marvel came to Ang Lee and they told. Yeah, there's some weird, it, ambitious things in here. Right, they told him, "Go put a comic book on the big screen," mm-hmm. and he did. And it's insane, but <laughs> he, he did it. And it it takes it takes courage and guts to actually do that, right? Like the way the panels are all there, everything's moving and in motion. Um, all of the shots on our, our characters are. Uh, as if they are comic book panels, right? Like extreme yep. close-ups on either uh, Betty or um, uh, Bruce. There's just a lot of stuff that is very visually very cool and sort of pulled from comics and the, la- the visual language of comics. And I admire that a lot. And it is telling a very weird story. It's like somebody told him to take a superhero seriously, sort of like like Batman Begins notion, and put a comic book on the screen and this is what we got we got a recipe of don't do this <laughs> like like if this movie if this movie is important to the to the comic book film genre and i actually believe it is it is a recipe of all the things you don't do <laughs> when given a direct <laughs> when given a direction that is reasonable right like mm-hmm. have the people take themselves seriously and take the comic book and put it on the screen uh, now he happened to pick the worst possible aspects of all of those from comic books, <laughs> but but I think it's informative and I think it's risky and for that I admire it while uh, it's still buffering in my head at this point like it's it will not stop playing. Yeah, I mean I think there's some interesting stuff in there with the the kind of the two fathers are both kind of the villains of the story, mm-hmm. but and neither of them is evil like i there, i think there's some interesting things comparing the version of general ross in hulk versus general ross in uh incredible hulk which we can talk about later uh the, the, it, i feel like the sam elliott uh general ross is like he is not evil he is just like he he feels bad about things and he is trying to get control of a situation that is way out of control yeah. and he does some things that are upsetting to his uh to his daughter and uh are not great hu- human decisions to make uh but he is not yeah. a monster he even has um he even has a scene where when um i, I don't know the 80s jock guy takes over <laughs> yes talbot talbot thank you right yeah who is a character he was a comic book character but but mm-hmm. he has a scene where he's like that's oh, out of my hands i can't stop these guys. like he, he is yeah. genuinely displeased that it gets out of control and goes into the hands of these uh this corporation right that's trying to make money off the hulk mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time he's i don't know he's a cigar chomping jerk so. i feel like the the there are the two uh what guy describes is absolutely right like Ang, Ang Lee saying, okay, we're going to take this source material seriously on one level. And like, the, what is this about? And it's about people. And it's like, you know, like any kind of art that's about something unrealistic. It's like, what is it? it's not really about that. It's really about regular people in some way, some aspect of our lives. So, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lean into that about family, about expectations, about things going wrong in your life and, and uh, your regrets about it. And, 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 you know, the children not, not, not necessarily following the path of the parents and all that. Great, great. Um, and then also he's like, but visually, I'm going to make it super 
weird and pop art and comic booky, and I'm going to do split screens and moving mm-hmm. moving pictures in picture and stuff like that. And I would argue that those two things are fundamentally incompatible. <laughs> like you should not try both at yeah. once. I mean. And I think until he did that, maybe we didn't, maybe we know, didn't that know for sure. And now we know, right? <laughs> I mean, right. I think yeah. the the death Let of that Talbot be a lesson to us all is the most striking <laughs> yeah. thing that I, like that that was like burned into my head from having seen this in theaters, like however many years ago, where there is an explosion and the 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 villain that is dying is like outlined with a white silhouette, and then the explosion like eats away yes. at him, and it's it's a very like we want to make something look like a comic book panel, right. even more so than just like the picture in picture kind of stuff. But it totally undercuts because it looks ridiculous. It undercuts what you know the the, the moment. It, it completely does not land. Yeah. I also saw it in in cinemas, and I I think maybe it works better on a big screen, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's a just visually it's an assault. You're like yeah. visually you're getting hulked in the face by like just so <laughs> I just much remember, stuff going on. I mean, I, the the I, I had not gone back to it in the many years since, and like the only thing I had remembered was just that there the the scenes of the Hulk running around the desert, occasionally oh smashing tanks and helicopters, is quite lengthy oh <laughs> um, and not yeah. interesting. Unfortunately, I mean, in 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 kind of the worst example of just CGI monsters fighting CGI objects. Uh, that you know you can critique lots of the other the later Marvel movies for, but this is kind of the most boring version of that. Um, it's about forty-seven minutes of the movie. I can yeah. tell you that. <laughs> and it's just you know it's just the kind of classic, you know, I, the director is slamming his action figure into other toys. Yeah, um, well, and we're, hoping we're, that you'll be entertained. We can only afford forty minutes of Hulk action, so we're going to build. Yeah. I'm going to build a family drama. And mm-hmm. then it escalates into the Hulk bouncing around in the desert and going, and then we do not, and we don't see the Hulk until well into this movie. No, uh, oh, yeah. there, there is a lot of family so, drama and science so fo- drama. Follow me, before you follow see me the here. Hulk. I think the first half of this movie would actually be interesting. I mean, not not quite way, the way it is, but it's almost like a play. Where the Hulk yes. is off stage, right? And it's about mm-hmm. the people whose lives have been affected by the Hulk and the one person who is the Hulk. And you never see the Hulk in the play, except maybe at the end, there's like a silhouette of the Hulk and you hear a roar and that's the end of the play. But like literally, no, no, no. But it's really not about the Hulk. It's really about the characters. That's kind of actually how I felt about it. Like they're trying to make that movie here. And then there is that point where they're like, ah, oh, screw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we are now at the point where we can afford to just have the Hulk run around and there are lots of helicopters of various kinds. What's the deal with the Hulk and helicopters? There are helicopters in both these movies. There's so many helicopters. Um, uh, Hulk in the comics, especially the 70s and 80s, would just fight the army all the time. Yeah, so bouncing around in the mm-hmm. desert fighting the army, yeah. You only have so many things, right? It's like you have Humvees, yeah. you have tanks, and then you need three types of helicopters. My, yep. my favorite so. from the, uh, the Hulk 2003, the one that we're talking about, is uh, there were two super expensive army projects that got cancelled. Uh, they they show off the Comanche helicopter program, the uh like you know those new fighter ones that like mm-hmm. flank him in the desert. Yeah, they're the like that. Yeah. yeah, they're like yeah, super tactical one man basically basically don't exist even though we spend billions. They on they them. yeah they exist and then they can them because they were too expensive. And then the F thirty five also makes an appearance, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious because like fifteen years later it's still like on the chopping block. Anyway, I just liked that the military equipment was basically as fantastical as making a super soldier who turns into a green hulking monster. <laughs> the thing that is just wild to me is that the movie kind of winds down, and maybe that Erica, that's right when your uh, your internet stutters, mm-hmm. and you know the Hulk is in San Francisco, and you know, and 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 he's Betty in the sewer. There, so he's <laughs> he's yeah. Up the I don't cable know. Car. I, I don't know why he's in the mm-hmm. sewer, but like Betty's there, and so he's gonna surrender, and it's like okay, maybe this is the wrapping up moment. But it's like no, there's like another act that we are going to tack oh. onto this movie that is yep. kind of wild and maybe interesting if you had not already watched a full-length movie before. Where his dad becomes like an oh, electricity maybe. monster and they fight to yes. the death. And that's never really explained. And no. every single thing that Nick Nolte does in this movie is terrible. And he has the worst dialogue here. My physical son, but the child of my mind, too. I literally shuddered. That is I just thought, gross. I thought Nick Nolte's performance when he and... Uh, and Eric Bana are sitting in that room with just the two chairs. I thought that was pretty entertaining, but also why is the movie yeah. not over yet? <laughs> <laughs> right, and then, yeah. yeah. And then he's an electric monster and then he's a rock monster. I didn't um, know if he was supposed to be Zach's like, uh, there I mean, is I think no, he's supposed like to be like a, a, you know, inspired by. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because then he was also the absorbing man. Yep. It was yeah. like, pick a, 
pick a bad guy and that guy. <laughs> I, mean, I think there's some... probably some kind of because I I feel like there's supposed to be some kind of like Zeus kind of imagery there, right? Because mm-hmm. there's the whole thing where where you know the Hulk is like his monster child that he is you know sired right. and also is trying to destroy and um yeah so i think i feel like the lightning monster thing is is some of that oh um, maybe but yeah I, I mean and again sense. this is i mean i think there's there's a certain charm to how wild and weird that is but also yeah it doesn't fit together so. mm-hmm. this is the first time that i saw this one i had not <laughs> sat through it oh now theater. you're a complete person <laughs> yeah i guess so um and i i i had seen the other hulk the incredible hulk a couple of times and i realized that i always got mixed up in my head who is in which movie so mm-hmm. i knew that eric banner was the star of this one but i think in my head i always move jennifer connelly into the other movie oh. which is better um mm-hmm. because yes. jennifer connelly is a better actress but then i watched this and i was like what is she doing her her cadence the way she was delivering lines the 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 voice that she was using was not like jennifer connelly's normal voice it just it seemed very strange like she was trying to not act comic booky but not act like a real normal person either it was very distressing to me when i when i started watching this i actually had to stop and go back and check the dates and because i thought it like it felt like a like a nineties movie in a way. Like right. you know how you watch mm. something and like um, like the film stock looks a little old or the acting isn't yeah. quite doesn't feel modern, whatever that means. But you you can tell when something's a little bit out of time. And this felt like a little out of time and a little stilted. And I wasn't sure if that was because he was trying to bring a telenovela feel to it a bit <laughs> from for the comic th- book vibe. I, I mean, I I think there's some of that that is just the early two thousand stuff. Yeah. Especially, I feel like there's mm-hmm. a lot of people like the the skill of acting against a monster that you can't see and green screens and things like that was still kind of being uh, explored. Sure. I mean, this is several years after Phantom Menace, but like, I feel like probably there's still lots of people who like, it is weird to act around a Hulk that is not actually here. In this you know? era, yeah. this is this is the era where this was what comic book movies were attempting, because this is a year yeah. after Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Right, it's a couple years before the first Fantastic Four movie. So, uh, or, so or, or, and Sam, of this era, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man <laughs> you know? feels weirdly dated too. You kind of can't believe it's from 2002 because he's also trying to get a vibe of those 60s comic books, which mm-hmm. um, I think maybe um, all that time later was a mistake. Like, is it? Are people going to see a blockbuster superhero movie in the 2000s out of 1960s comic book nostalgia? And I think when right. when it when it really broke through was with the MCU movies that took a much more modern approach and took their pay, took things out of the the Ultimate Marvel. Uh, which was a retelling of those 60s stories with a 2000s era storytelling sensibility. And that's what kind of broke through. But Hulk and the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans are like... And the Batman the, movies before that, and the, right? Yeah, and yeah. the Batman movies. They're homages to like the 60s uh, comic books. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd argue that... Uh, well, there's two, obviously. Batman Begins did it. But I, I think it took, on the Marvel side, and I'm sure you discussed this last episode... Uh, John Favreau and Iron Man yeah, yeah. worked amazingly well. And John Favreau worked well because he took a bit of that swagger from, from Swingers uh, for Tony Stark, right? Like he, he managed to avoid the whole 60s reboot thing and just went with a with like a cockamamie lounge lizard kind of guy <laughs> that is familiar <laughs> to John Favreau and was a new, fresh update for the character. And Batman Begins was two years after Hulk. So it, it, Hulk is like, okay. yeah, definitely like before that kind of thought uh, was brought into it. It is also, there's several parts in this. I, I mean, I can't believe that I, I, I probably shouldn't go too deep into this, but the coincidences in this movie kill me too. Like, um, he doesn't know who he is. Bruce Banner doesn't know who he is, but somehow he ends up in the same lab with the daughter well, of the general. And they do talk about that, which, I mean, again, I, I think, yeah. again, is it an interesting thing that they're trying to do? Because there is the scene where uh, General Ross and Betty like are like, how did he end up in the same line of science as his father? Is he like fated or damned or whatnot? And again, maybe kind of interesting. Like hanging or maybe a lantern just dumb, on or, or the... a dumb coincidence. Um, yeah. Also, I didn't like the fact that she's his like former girlfriend slash research partner like she did it's not enough for her to be his research partner yeah also that first scene with the two of them where they've apparently like just broken up 
it, it does not feel like anything that is any conversation has ever happened between two humans <laughs> ever. I think they were tr- really trying to drive home the point that he is very reserved and he doesn't share very much of himself. So she actually feels comfortable, tr- you know, interacting with him in that way. And like, you know, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, because I know you have no feelings um, so I can do this. But it didn't make it like feel any any more convincing do, on do the they screen. do anything in the story to establish that he has no feelings and is like emotionally that, cut off that was it she there were there were a number well, of lines that she so. had just, yeah she, she yes. it was it was telling not showing for sure okay uh also there are gamma dogs tony how do you feel about gamma dogs again oh, i had forgotten angry, about them three again. angry dogs including a poodle there's uh. a gamma poodle it tries to kill a uh, jennifer connelly I, I have a note that says those dogs are dumb and they look dumb that's my note <laughs> yeah and you know i mean like probably a bunch of special effects people spent a very long time on that I- ilm and that was like a huge success for them and stuff but the concept of it is just it's just it's dumb and it offends me <laughs> and it's <laughs> and it's hard but i mean it's hard because the hulk is so indestructible right and so you need like we need the hulk to have several fights and a lot of the fights in this are real boring because he can't lose um and he's not even really challenged so the things that are going to challenge him are his lightning slash rock monster father and um three hulk dogs in the you know in the beginning and also will there'll be some property damage in the middle but yeah i don't know it just it felt like something that had been bar- i mean i know that they're from the comics but it felt like something that had been borrowed from like a rejected ninja turtle script um, and that scene was so frustrating because why does she live in a rustic cabin in the woods she she works in a lab in the middle of town i just don't get anything i think she has a house later too but again it does not make any sense. And it also, like, it looks like a set for a rustic cabin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other, the, so you can draw that on a comic book page. You can draw mm-hmm. Angry Poodle and it can work. You cannot put it in motion. It is, it is horrible. It just looks stupid. What, so just to get back to the, what, what Tony was saying about the Hulk. The Hulk is, I like the Hulk as a character, not because he's a, I think he's a very hard character to write, sort of like Captain America, in that he is one thing, right? He's angry and he smashes. But he he's angry and that's smashy. Two <laughs> that's true. Well, they kind of go hand in hand, right? But okay. Fair. But he he has an objective that is um a fairness or or to be right, right? That's I don't know about justice. Justice is a bit too nuanced, but it's it's basically to do the right thing, right? And Hulk is interesting when he's put in positions as um, mostly teaming up with somebody, but it always starts with the Hulk trying to do the right thing and the hero misinterpreting him because the Hulk has a strong sense of what the right thing should be and very, very poor communication skills. <laughs> so, so he inevitably ends up in a fight with somebody. And I think that's where you get the interesting Hulk stuff from. You don't get three dogs may be able to take out the Hulk because that's not doesn't happen. Nobody beats the Hulk. That's the whole point of the Hulk. The point of the Hulk is he's right and you're wrong intellectually at some level. And you need to figure out how to serve the justice that he is trying to address in his ragey, rampaging way. It, that mm-hmm. <sighs> Now, maybe that's a very basic idea of the Hulk. But I, I think that that's one that, that it, it works in the Avengers movies and all that. Now, in this one... It's so muddy. There's no reason for it. There's no. He's fighting his Zaxxon dad. There, like, and it's you know, this is also of the era where we thought all superhero movies had to be origin stories too, right? And yes, and yeah. This is one of the longest, most painful origin story uh, superhero yeah. movies. Let's let's um, yeah. Let's turn and man, the- do they thumb their nose at that? Yeah, let's right turn the page because that that yeah. does not happen in the in the next movie. By the way, at the oh, end of the movie, uh, I have I have a, I have a little bit more Hulk business to oh, uh, close oh, out. Okay, well, I, yeah, I, and I was going to mention that I think this movie ends actually quite similarly to another Hulk yeah. movie where oh he's gone and it's and it's almost again it's almost an homage to the TV show too where it's but he's not really gone he's just gone off into the jungle somewhere where in South America where he is uh is uh just uh living a life without uh anyone knowing where he is but uh he doesn't want to you know don't make me angry you wouldn't like me when i'm angry haha just like in the tv show and that's the end of uh, hulk what's your final business final uh just business, i noticed a good bad movie bad bad movie well movie, it's, this like, is more me? like a this is this is some questions uh you know i noticed that this movie uh came out in 2003 
Uh, and we have talked about some other 2003 movies here on The Incomparable. Uh, particularly, I'd like to draw your attention to a movie we have discussed, uh, perhaps that has been unjustly maligned, uh, that movie being The, the Core, Core. No. Which also <laughs> came out in 2003. Uh-huh. Uh, which some Incomparable panelists claimed was the worst movie they had ever seen. And my counterpoint was, <laughs> this is not even the worst movie made in 2003. Um, and so I would like you, Jason Snell... Uh, to, you know, if you're so inclined, and you are because I'm asking you on your podcast, how do you compare 2003's Ang Lee, <laughs> The Hulk, to 2003, whoever directed The Core, The Core, <laughs> as, as two films? I think The Core is, um, is really stupid and bad and knows that it's bad and doesn't really care that it's bad. I think The Hulk, I think Hulk, doesn't know that it's bad and is trying really hard but is bad yeah and that's how i so which one is worse uh i guess if you're talking about um about sort of kind of cynical bad filmmaking the core is worse if you're talking about uh if you don't give you know extra credit for effort (laughs) then it's it's (laughs) and we don't it's a closer thing Hmm. It's a swing and a miss, right? Does this right? high school like have it. weighted grades yeah. or not? The core made me yeah. laugh more than Hulk did by about a million times because uh, the, you know what? The Hulk, I'll take because Hulk is I'll not take that. No, I'm good. It's Apology not a funny accepted. bad movie. It's just a bad movie. <laughs> it's just a bad movie. If if any listeners at home have axes they want to grind, you yes. can uh, send them mail to Tony them and he'll bring them to me. Some, yes, yeah. Exactly. I have I have been waiting to make this one for like two years. <laughs> <laughs> you got it in. Now I understand. You guys, now I understand why Tony is here. Yep. <laughs> it yeah. all makes sense all of a sudden. I, I have to go now. Let me take a break to tell you about one of our sponsors. This episode of The Incomparable is being brought to you by Pingdom. Now, if your website was down right now, right this moment as you're listening to this podcast, if your visitors couldn't access your content, couldn't click that all-important buy now button, would you know? Well, you don't know, right? You don't know because you're listening to a podcast instead. And it might be too late. You might be losing sales. You might be losing viewers right now. That is why, my friends, you need Pingdom. Pingdom gives you peace of mind. The peace of mind you really need if you're running a website because you never know. You can't be awake. Humans are not able to be awake 24-7. You have to sleep sometime. But Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. If you're a Pingdom user, monitoring the availability and performance of your server, database, or website will be a breeze. They use more than 70 different global test servers to emulate visits to your site all the time, checking its availability as often as every minute. So start monitoring your site today. All Pingdom needs is the URL to get started. They will take care of the rest. You can go to pingdom.com slash snell right now and you'll get a 14-day free trial no credit card required then when you sign up use the code snell at checkout and you'll get 30 percent off your first invoice thanks to pingdom for supporting the incomparable so we have to move on to 2008's the incredible hulk this movie so second movie in the marvel cinematic universe sort of although uh, you know my impression is they didn't they, they they inserted a cameo from robert downey jr at the end so that they could kind of like you know help sp- uh, suggest that they were building a shared universe but um and there is a character actually general ross in this uh played by uh william hurt does show up in other marvel cinematic universe movies so that's your your connection but uh, of course edward norton who stars and apparently rewrote the script at one point um they uh, did not proceed with him they replaced him or whether he left or not i think is a a debate um but they were he was replaced by mark ruffalo a simpler time when uh rebooting a franchise and recasting a superhero in five years felt shocking and not just business as usual yeah exactly and this is this is a film that tells as as my wife put it previously on the incredible hulk Mm -hmm. uh over the opening credits the origin and, of the Hulk occurs mm-hmm. in a way very similar, actually, to the yes. opening credits yep. of the move of the TV show, The Incredible Hulk. They, but there's even kind of a weird uh, because the last movie ends with him in uh, the jungles of South America, and this picks up with him in South yeah. America. It's almost like like a soft reboot or, so, or, or, or something. That's exactly right? what I was going to say. He, he specifically uh, Thunderbolt Ross specifically says he vanished for five years. 
and he's back now. And if he wanted, he's, he's trying to find something when they're trying to hunt him down in New York. They say that he knows how to vanish and he vanished for five years, which is the exact time span between the last Hulk movie right. that we just talked about and this one. Like it kind of brings it in. Yeah, the origin is different in the in the credits and more like yeah. more like the TV show and more like the comics where it's where it's Banner experimenting not like having his dad kind of experiment on him. But I think I think maybe the producers were thinking, look, if people remember that movie, they won't be confused. And if they remember the TV show, they won't be confused. <laughs> My head canon is that the Hulk movie from 2003, the one that we just talked about, is Banner's fever dream after waking up from being the Hulk of what actually <laughs> happened to make him the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Nothing makes any sense. It's all, all right. mumble jumble. He probably saw three okay. dogs in the park. But and, you know, so, even, yeah. I mean, uh, General Ross has been recast, but like, you know, they're almost, I mean, Close they don't have the mustache. No, you know, not, no, no, yeah. no, that is not the same mustache. No, oh, sorry. No. Erica, Erica <laughs> have, is have, much more discerning. I just see, I just see the four stars and a mustache. And I'm, and I'm like, yes, sir. Also, li- um, also Jennifer Connelly is not, is, is now Liv Tyler, which is not. I was just going to say, in his fever dream, he's got a much cooler girlfriend. <laughs> There's got to be a movie where they play sisters or something. So, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And the guy from uh from uh the the what's it the modern family is the uh the yeah. sappy Ty Burrell, but Yeah. Guess who he is? He plays uh Doc Samson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean Which I didn't know until I looked at the credits. In the credits uh, cuz he's not that character at all. But no. yeah. So so yeah, this yeah. is this is uh over the credits we get the we get the 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 background of that he you know tr- is a suffice it to say he's a guy who has a monster inside him and when he gets angry he turns into a monster and they like that they don't dwell on the origin story at all and and I, I you know we've talked about that a lot here that boy do I need to see the origin story again and this is a movie incredible hulk that says no you don't you know what the deal is he's a guy who when he gets angry he turns into a monster and we see him in Brazil. He's working at a uh, a soda bottling plant with questionable pro- uh, safety practices hygiene. and hygiene. <laughs> yeah. Yes, um, and he's trying to uh, very much actually reminiscent of when we see Mark Ruffalo in the Avengers. He is uh, trying to hide out in in and uh, sort of live his life, but also kind of learn how to be calm and mindful and. Uh, keep the monster inside and and there is in what i think is a really delightful thing in this movie there is the ticker that we see at various points which is days since transformation or whatever <laughs> since last transformation yeah. and it's incident. A, incident yeah it's, it's incident there you go because it's very much like a workplace safety incident how many yes. days since yeah. he's been the hulk and uh and so we 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 meet him there and uh and although he just cut his finger and some of the blood gets in a soda and makes Stan Lee wig out in Wisconsin, which leads them to uh, to discover. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. So, My old stomping grounds. Yeah, well, there was tainted uh, tainted uh, Brazilian soda, apparently. I, yeah, I Milwaukee. need one of those Garana sodas. Yeah, that could have been you. you know, the setting stuff in, in Brazil and the chase scenes and, and the stuff that happens there, that feels like I really enjoyed that. And, and I was trying to remember if there's really anything like that in any of the other MCU movies that that really kind of feature locations that are not new york city or wakanda which to my knowledge is still a fictional place right um, so far so i far. just i just I, I i mean it just made me kind of think about how much of the uh the the other mcu movies are, are either they have to be in new york or they just kind of take place in generic i i, I uh, loved it i put places. that in my notes like the the opening shots of the barrio uh yeah the, oh yeah, the, the, the there's a whole the chase through the through the favelas where he's he's yeah. got his hoodie on and his yeah. backpack and he's going down in he's the, a little bit of parkour chasing as was required of action yeah. movies oh, at this time. Really cool, yeah. And he he has he has a dog that's a good dog. This movie has a good dog. <laughs> yes, this movie has a good dog. <laughs> it's a direct response to the earlier movie. I would love to. Yep. Know, I would love to know if that was why. One of my favorite <laughs> bits is uh, nerdy Bruce Banner out parkouring a bunch of special forces, mm-hmm. but. That's part few, of the movie fun. You know, Ant-Man's in San Francisco. There are a few, but they are the exceptions. And, and that's why I kept coming back to to uh, Avengers when we meet 
banner there, Mark Ruffalo banner, yeah. is that at least there they're like, hey, this is what we're doing here. He's in India and he's he's working as a doctor and he's taking care of of these kids. Um, it's actually more like the Eric Bana uh, at the end of that movie where he's he's working as a doctor and 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 out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and this in in the Avengers, he's in he's in India and of course that's where Black Widow finds him and and Shield and they bring him back in and that 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 reminded me. I like the I like the Brazil stuff. I like that there's a that he's got the there's the the woman he works with at the factory and there seems like maybe there's something there but but really in the end what it means is that he isn't going to let her get attacked by these dudes in the factory which leads to his confrontation with them which eventually later leads to a confrontation where he turns into the hulk and there's the you know he there's the chase through the streets and the chase in the factory there's a special team set in by general ross including tim roth as Emil Blonsky, who has been turned from a, uh, they, they say, well, he's born in Russia, but he's totally a British Marine because he's Tim Roth. And it's like, okay, it's just you took a character from the comics who was Russian yeah. and you. He is a Russian born British Marine on loan to the American yeah. military. Who then yeah, yeah. experiments <laughs> on himself and becomes a monster and he becomes the abomination. Yeah, it was yeah. like, this, 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 this backstory only exists as a reference. Yeah. It does not make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's otherwise unnecessary. Yeah. But I liked all of this. So. I, I liked the Brazil mm-hmm. stuff a lot. I thought it was good. I, d- I did think it felt kind of like a james bond movie um in in a, in a way like you know that it's it's a, an interesting location and there's a lot of there's a chase and all of that but they have in addition he's got his little fitbit on that's beeping yeah and, i thought that's a great part where he yeah. doesn't want to become the hulk yeah right yep. yeah and like he is he's like running from them and also running from the hulk and that's that's really affecting. And spending all this time online trying to contact somebody who's going to help him yeah. not ever be the Hulk again. So it really does have that, and, like, I'm super secret undercover trying to hide vibe. Right. Banner is trying to save everybody else. That's yeah. most of what he's doing through most of the movie, right up until the very end when he uh, parachutes out to, to save the world. But uh, the reveal of the Hulk in this movie is so well done. Yeah, exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's so much better than the previous one. A, they don't make us wait as long, but like it totally takes on, it like switches to a monster movie, right? Where the Hulk is the monster and he's going to be just sounds and then we're going to see pieces of him and then eventually we'll see the whole version of him as he's hunt hunting these marines in the factory just yeah. like a dark hand reaching out and grabbing yeah. a guy back yeah. into the it's, shadows like, and at Whoa. one point you just see his silhouette and it's a great shot yeah. Yeah. great shot of just the silhouette um yeah yeah i i think so it is he this is this is one of the weird things about the hulk and i think why the hulk um i was while i watched these these movies especially the one that was very long i wondered what makes it hard to make a movie about the hulk and why did the hulk in the other movies when he's not it's not his movie why is the hulk more effective because i think the hulk is more effective in those movies and i think maybe it comes down to the fact that it's a it's a complicated thing because your hero especially in these two movies is the guy and he's trying to avoid being the monster and the monster isn't a hero. The monster is a monster. And it's this internal conflict that gets externalized. And that's a weird structure for a movie. And it's a weird, like, cause it's a monster. It's like a, it's like a super, it sort of wants to be a superhero movie, but it's actually a monster movie. And it's like the movie changes every time the Hulk emerges. And I'm not saying it's impossible to do a good uh, movie with, with the Hulk, but, but it is way harder, I think, as a concept to get a movie that hangs together than just, a superhero movie because it's literally when the guy you paid to see comes out the movie changes into you've lost yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's it's a defeat for, a, for it's a defeat for a character a hero but what i what i like about the hulk is it's it is it's the jekyll and hyde archetype right obviously however mr hyde is actually trying to do the right thing in most of these like mm-hmm. he, he's just not as smart or as you know as intelligent or verbal as Hyde. He's trying he's trying to avoid conflict with the army. He just wants to be left alone. That's all he ever wants is to be left alone or in the face of bad stuff happening like the army uh crashing a helicopter into into Betty, he just wants to protect her. Right. Like there's very basic drives and they are not he's aggressive but they are not uh he is not trying to gain anything for himself. He just wants to be left alone. That's right. all and the, ar- the argument is that that he's a monster because they treat him like a monster. Yes. He is a bull in a china shop, and the china shop is the entire planet. But it's more yeah. than it's <laughs> more than that. No they mistreat yeah. him and make him angry. 
Yeah. And this version of General Ross is much more evil, right? He he just he yes. he sees Banner as a weapon that he wants to control and, right. and possess, right? Yeah, it's for for um, all the the comic bookishness, I think General Ross here is way more cartoony than he is in the other one. Yeah, he's pretty stock evil military guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think we sacrificed some nuance to his character in order to serve the story better. We've got an yeah. evil general. Everybody knows an evil general. Go with it. And his relationship with his daughter is also kind of, uh, yes. like, I guess there's not one anymore, right? Uh, yeah, she even calls him general, I think, at least once, right? And so, well, like, he's very controlling of her and wants to contain yeah. her and that, and he wants to control and contain the Hulk. Like, that's yeah. all you need to know, right? And they have, even before the, um, Captain America movie, which followed a couple years later, this is a reference to that where the whole idea here is that he was trying to synthesize the super soldier serum, which is basically what the idea in the MCU is that a lot, and this is actually true, this is something they picked up from the Ultimate uh, comics world which is most of the superheroes in that world were the result of somebody trying to do something with the thing that made captain america the super serum and that's how you end up getting spider-man in those comics and that's how you end up getting the hulk and the green goblin and everybody's a lot like, of villains yeah everybody's yeah. trying possibly, to, possibly i think probably more villains than heroes yeah even. well sure so, because that always happens yeah. is that there are more villains yeah. than heroes but but that's so here that's the same thing and ross is like i want to control this this is a military project Project. He, I think he says at one point, like we basically we own him, we own his body mm-hmm. and everything in there, and and I, it obviously worked. That's the other thing that's kind of I like that part is like it, it's kind of a success, right? Like the, we're trying to make a super strong, amazing creature, and we made one. It's not quite right, but like it's on the right track. We want to, you know, we want to <laughs> use his blood and figure out what's going on here, and that leads to the, uh, you know, super clumsy and weird and not motivated at all repeated. Uh, experiments on Blonsky that turn into a monster because the filmmakers realize that at the end you do kind of want to have the showdown between the good guy and the bad guy and if your good guy is a monster the only solution is to create a more monstrous monster it's like it's like in a Godzilla movie or something almost you need to create another monster mm-hmm. who is worse and both of these movies do that so in this case he becomes he becomes the abomination or whatever and, and instead of the Hulk. the Hulk just smashing tanks in you know the empty desert yeah Having two giant monsters, a very, very kaiju-esque, yeah. fighting in downtown New York City is a lot more exciting, right? Yeah. Well, it's Harlem. They also, the military manages to destroy uh, two different college campuses in this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, but they look beautiful. Those were beautiful campuses. Yeah, yeah they well, they did. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> for, for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know what? Level one Blonsky is. Uh, maybe you should just stop there. He seemed pretty good. Yeah. Not too not too crazy, very capable. Maybe just yeah. don't give he's, him any more juice. You know? Is he yeah, he's kind of there's is Captain America have is Captain America superhuman or just the pinnacle of human human ability? Uh, well uh, the comics put him at the pinnacle, the movies it, put him well. Okay. Above yeah. It. That's the that's the difference. Um yeah. so in this one he seems like he kinda goes to super Bonsky goes to superhuman. Um, yeah, but I'd put, I'd peg him at the like half. He's leaping around and doing Yeah, uh, he's like yeah. half a cap. Half yeah. a cap at like level one, you know. Yeah, he, he totally becomes a a a more super monster, and it's monster versus monster at that point, which is, it's fine. I it, I don't I don't really love that part of the movie because it it is just CGI monsters beating each other up, along with there are also helicopters. Um, yeah, more helicopters. More, but but helicopters. in this fight, to the to to my weird point is that the Hulk keeps breaking combat in order to save Betty and yeah. the people, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. and he ultimately wins by outsmarting the guy, like using a tool better than uh, Blonsky can. Oh, we didn't mention so so he they do find um find uh, Mister Blue who is uh he's been communicating with online in encrypted messages that I think are not how encryption works, but anyway, it was cute. Um, they have little chats, <laughs> but there was there was an icon for it right on the desktop of yeah. the school's computer. Yeah. It was so. It's so very convenient. Yeah. That's why they that's why they use it. Anyway, he I like I like that character who actually is the leader in the comics basically, mm-hmm. which yeah. is why his head kind of bubbles at one point and then they never we never see him again. But yep. um yep. <laughs> but I like that because the way it's set up is initially like, oh, he's going to be helpful. He really cares. And then after you're with him for a short time, you realize, oh, he's a mad scientist. Okay. He's- well, the dead giveaway is a lab full of blood. Yeah. That, yeah. So you know, I have all, much. All the blood. I also, I also liked him as the kind of like the new character in this ongoing 
fight between where, you know, cause, cause Betty and General Ross and the Hulk have been basically doing this for like five years. And he is the like, whoa, what is going on? Why are people pointing guns? What is, <laughs> what is this? You know, do people understand how, how, how out of control You'll this You'll break is? my blood collection. <laughs> yeah. Cool it, everybody. Um, movies feature a lot of, uh, unusually attractive professors. He looks like the kind of guy who runs a lab. Yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. so. true. I really like yeah. the scene. Looking at you, the core. Um. I, yeah, take that core. Um, I really like the scene where uh, Bruce goes back and asks the guy who runs the bar or whatever if he can stay with him, and then Betty and <laughs> and uh, Ty Burrell come in. Um, and, and they talk away and, and you, and you know, it's like, oh no, oh no, Bruce is going to come back and he does. And she sees him and he disappears and she thinks she's gone crazy and all that. I kind of like that because I kind of felt like that sadness that again, it's, I, I feel like that's one of the wonderful things about the, the, the Hulk story and the TV show actually did a good job of this, which is he is a cursed person. He can't be around people. He needs to, he needs to flee and, uh, and flee the people he loves and who love him. And, and I thought that was nice. There is also a moment fairly early in this movie where, uh, in Brazil, I think, where, um. No, it's Mexico. Or is it Mex- or Guatemala or Mexico? It's when he's making his way north where they play the Lonely Man song. Yep. From- it's when he's in Mexico. He's sitting on the street with his heads down and That's his right. hands out. And then the little girl, like, gives him some change. Yeah. It's, it's- and, and they I play left. the Lonely Man theme from the Incredible Hulk TV show, which was another mention. Also, I should mention, we see a TV with Bill Bixby on it at one point and the security guard who is ta- who is taken uh, by the clever pizza delivery the pizza. ploy the, the, is Lou Ferrigno. The pizza ploy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, Lou Ferrigno gets a gets a line in this movie as opposed to his 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 appearance in the yeah. previous one. Uh, he he was in it, but Stan Lee got all of the talking in that one. Yeah, he's been he's plays a security guard in both. So I like that they had they had uh, Bill Bixby in uh, Courtship of Eddie's Father. I think on a TV screen. Oh. Early on in this movie, because Bill Bixby died in like 1993 and all that, and they put him in the movie. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was just, that was sweet. Totally unnecessary and sweet that they, that they tipped the cap multiple times to that show, including the line spoken in, in uh, Brazilian Portuguese, where he says, don't make me hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. (laughs) And everybody looks at him like, what? What? (laughs) It's It's so perfect. This movie, this movie did a lot of things that got refined into what we know as the MCU right now. Yeah. And, and it, it, it's it's crude. It's like a first attempt. It was made. I mean, it was made in parallel with Iron Man. So I think that yeah. I think one of the reasons that it it, it pales to Iron Man, but it does. It, it, they it didn't okay. know. I mean, I'm sure Kevin Feige know knew when they were working on it what they were doing with Iron Man. But like the filmmakers were making these movies essentially in parallel. They came out uh, the same a month apart. And yeah. but you're right. It, they are they are kind of like both proto. MCU and Iron Man is the template for the rest of these movies, but Incredible Hulk, like you can see the stuff that they're trying yeah. to do. It's, yeah. It's, well, even the comedy beats. There's um, like when they wait, were there comedy beats in Ang Lee's Hulk. <laughs> there are no. There's nothing no funny about Ang Lee's Hulk. Sorry, not no. A thing. No, there's nothing. No, no, nothing. I can't even make fun of it as a movie because I'm yeah, like nothing. You tried funny. and you didn't work. Um, but so when they like when they're trying to get in the subway and he's like, uh, me in a subway. Let's get in the cab, and then the cab ride is horrible. Or um, and she's the one that flips her lid. (laughs) Yeah, she's the one exactly. Like that—that's the comedy that we know of the MCU. Uh, When they're making out on the bed, and he doesn't want to get too excited, and she says, "Even just a little excited." His his Fitbit starts beeping, right? And yeah, these are the comedy beats that we have grown accustomed to throughout the MCU, Uh, and they fall kind of flat, and they feel a little bit out of place here. But you can see the the pattern yeah. right like they don't like, have the polish yet but they're 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 working they, on it yeah somebody's got a gist of like what could work and they keep refining and refining and this is a this is unrefined version but there's a lot of it that i really enjoyed yeah i i i, I don't disagree i i'm not sure i don't know this might be the, maybe really enjoyed us too hard. <laughs> this this might be the worst of the MCU movies, although it may not be because yeah. I I'll, I'll revisit Thor two pretty let's soon. Talk about, yeah, let's talk about your Thor feelings. Too. Yeah, let's see because so. I really didn't like that the time that I saw that, but I'll revisit it as a part of this. We are going to revisit Thor: The Dark World, which we didn't ever cover. I just watched it separately and hated it. But uh, so maybe, but it's just you know I I don't think it's a bad movie. I just think it's it's it's, it's, it's not it's, the strongest. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think Edward Norton is fine. Um, mm-hmm. I think the the CGI Hulk had come a long way. 
in the intervening yeah. five years? I, I don't like this CGI Hulk. He is, it's so veiny and muscly and gross. I just, I mean, yes, it's supposed to be a monster movie, but I just, I found it over the top and kind of disgusting. I thought it looked so better. It wasn't, I thought it looked better it was disturbing. than the bad CGI in the Ang Lee Hulk, but they did. I would, di- I preferred the bad CGI. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh really? He's okay. just made a, he's just like a plastic figure there. It just, it didn't make me want to like blow chunks because it was so disgusting. <laughs> well, like did. I know the abomination was supposed to be the, the thing that's really gross, but no, I, I genuinely found Hulk grosser because it was just like too too close yeah. to actual human muscle on the surface by the by that really by that final scene i was finding hulk positively handsome <laughs> compared to <laughs> it's i was like yo this is this is our good looking hero guy versus i don't know it's, it's hard especially even the in the final fight like their texturing is a little too similar and like i mean yeah, i guess yeah. they they went with the kind of dark crocodile green instead of the like neon cartoon green and then but, hulk gets really emo during like yeah. the very end of the last fight yeah. like his face is just so i was just like is this the 10th doctor in the rain what is happening yeah yeah i, I love when uh when general ross tells the poor gunner guy to shoot at the green uh p- help the green one and i'm like you know I wouldn't know which one to shoot at, even with that directive. Like, there's <laughs> a big mess of like veiny monsters. Some of us are colorblind uh, you know. too. We don't know. I don't know. <laughs> which one is Whatever. Yeah. You know. I would. I would have. You know. Shoot yeah. at the one that does not look like a skeleton. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's probably. Yeah. Or shoot also, at that one. So I guess. maybe don't shoot a minigun. Yeah. I mean, I think it like, it is okay. I don't think. I I don't think I thought the the 2003 one looked as bad as other people do. Yeah. Uh, me either. But I mean, I I don't love either. Um. I don't know. This one feels very much like uh, someone who designs monsters was yeah. still involved sure. in the creation of it. Sure, and they and obviously that. went away with that when they did the Avengers, right? They made yes. they made yeah. Hulk yeah, and yeah. Avengers a much more kind of more like the comic softer. book. And he a looks soft. He this guy has all these, yeah. you know, like he's very reptilian-y looking. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, the the Avengers Hulk is my preferred Hulk. Yeah, yeah. One thing I did note is that this power level Hulk is basically the power level Hulk that we get in the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, in that is- he's not like world cracking. He's, you know. Well, the Avengers. Mm-hmm. He's super I mean, tough, but. I, I feel like the Avengers plays several of the, the, the items in this movie back, right? Because not only do they find him uh, in India and bring him back in where he's hiding somewhere, but the scene where we first see the Hulk in the shield helicarrier down below with the Black Widow, right? That is not that different in the way it's played as the, the scene in the, in the, uh, uh, soft drink factory here right where it's dark and shadowy and confined and you're you're in there with a monster and it's scary and they play it the same way so you know the uh, some of the beats really do just kind of like come back um although the hulk hulk only says a little bit in in this movie he says hulk smash at some point i think and i mean he, yeah not a lot that's my least favorite part yeah not not a lot because the there. other guy's like winding up to get him and then it cuts to him and he has the whole hulk yeah. smash like he takes a few beats in between like yeah. an action move and it's just it it feels like a finishing move in so, a fighting game so but. here's here's my here's my uh kind of final question about this having seen two hulk movies which is universal obviously owns the rights to make standalone hulk movies but they have this deal with marvel where marvel was involved in the production of this movie and marvel is using the hulk in its movies but um, they they have not made a standalone Hulk movie and seem to have no plans to do it. Now, some of that is probably contractual. My understanding is that Universal does have the rights. And also, of course, Disney and Universal are a little bit unhappy because Universal has a bunch of superhero um, theme park rights that are Marvel superheroes. And, of course, Disney would oh, yes, really... I've- Rather have I've those. I've ridden the Hulk. I've ridden the Hulk uh, roller coaster, and it, the Hulk it or the fun. Incredible Hulk roller coaster. Oh, I believe the Incredible. I think it's the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. Oh, that, that sounds. The, bad. In, I mean, in, yeah. in Angley's Hulk roller coaster, the line <laughs> yeah. goes through a family drama. Yeah, that is yeah I was going to say how much how much tension are you confronted about? You know, like your children and or parents. It's, it's just the, the line. The doors yeah. open and it just deposits you on it on like a, a psychiatrist's couch, yeah. and that's yeah. It. yeah. You have to wander a bleak New Mexico desert for forty five minutes before the ride starts so. <laughs> and gamma dogs chase you possibly yeah <laughs> stop reminding me about gamma so, dogs <laughs> um so my question for all of you is is there knowing what we know seeing these two movies and seeing how the hulk has been portrayed in the other mcu movies is there contractual issues aside like could they make could today's marvel make a hulk standalone movie that would be worth seeing or do or have they made the sort of right decision, even if it's for the wrong reasons, that the Hulk works better 
in other people's stories. You could argue that Thor Ragnarok is essentially the Thor Hulk team up movie, but it's not called Thor and Hulk go to space. It's called Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> um, so is, is, is he, did, have we learned through all of this that the Hulk is an interesting character and uh, interesting in the way he's used in the MCU, but that these two standalone movies maybe teach us a lesson that there's something about this character that doesn't translate as well to having a movie on his own. What do you think? You know, you say, is it is it possible? You know what? Anything's, Anything's possible. possible. I think the right filmmaker with the right script could actually make a really interesting Hulk movie. But I am, am not a writer like that. So I can't even begin to think of what kind of a story that would have to be in order for it to work. So I would say it is not likely that a standalone Hulk movie would be would be as effective as as Hulk teaming up with somebody for all of the reasons that, that we've talked about previously. So so possible, yes, likely no. So I, I kind of hope they don't try it. I think the, the thing about the Hulk as a character is, is as the Hulk, he's effectively a force of nature. Ideally, he can't be defeated. He, 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 is, the, he is the rock upon which all of the other characters, heroes and villains, crash upon. And in that way, he gets... He, the best way to use him is either as a foil for other characters or as um, his utility in what is in how it reveals other characters, right? Like one of the great Captain America movies from uh, moments from the comics is uh, I think it's during Civil War and he needs the Hulk. He's trying to recruit the Hulk and he gives a big speech and he, you don't know who he's talking to because it's at the beginning of the book. And when you turn the page, it, there's just the Hulk standing there and Captain America's just given a big giving him a big speech, motivational speech. And Hulk just says, the Hulk will smash for you. <laughs> and that it's so great because he, he listens to the, the, the argument that Cap is making and he's just like, okay, I'm in, I'm sold. And I think that's what makes the Hulk interesting. I think if you wanted to do a Hulk movie, you would need him. As, uh, I'm thinking of Peter David's run on the Hulk way back. Uh, I'm going to guess early nineties. Um, the Hulk needs to be on a mission and he needs to uh, have one that is essential to both him, to both Banner and the, the Hulk. And in the Peter David run, it's uh, the U.S. government has started rebuilding uh, gamma bombs and he's going to stop them. And in stopping them, he runs across all of the heroes that you would expect to be defending American government installations. And through those sort of interactions, you learn a lot about the Hulk and Banner and the uh, the heroes that he comes in conflict in. He is effectively acting as a villain, but he's acting uh, as a villain in good conscience, hmm. right? If that makes any sense. And I think that's an interesting way to use the character. What do you think, Tony? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Thor Ragnarok kind of shows you that you, you could do that. Uh, I think that both of these movies, I, I don't know. I have not watched the incredible Hulk TV series, but uh, I don't think I ever will uh, because the Hulk kind of wandering on his own from town to town uh, and being off on his own doesn't seems like a limited uh, way to approach things. And I like seeing the Hulk team up with people. Um, you know, it's, there's this animated series called Avengers assemble that came out around the time so of good. the first Avengers yeah. movie. And it's yeah. kind of interesting and weird because it has the Avengers configuration of the Avengers movies but like it was clearly being made at the same time and they don't really they have like different takes on all the personalities um, which in some ways are, are interesting because they deviate from what the MCU chose and in some ways like make me feel like they have different interpretations of the characters so for example in Avengers Assemble the cartoon um, the Hulk is just always the Hulk he's never Bruce Banner hmm. and that's kind of weird because to me it's like I feel like you guys are kind of missing a large part of what makes the Hulk interesting uh, but they still manage to make the Hulk somewhat interesting and he goes on a lot of wacky adventures and has weird relationships with a lot of other, uh, even beyond the MCU characters. Like he hangs out with Ben Grimm and he, uh, I think he plays like he plays uh pickup basketball with Spider-Man before Spider-Man was in the MCU. And, and, uh, he does, he hangs out with Thor a lot. They, they definitely kind of have the pairing of, you know, you are two people who can punch each other in the arm without killing each other. Therefore you are friends, um, that we would then get many years later in, in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so space seems like a more interesting uh, setting for him uh, than the American Southwest. Uh, there's a lot of 
weird stuff that can happen in space. And, you know, on, on Earth, the Hulk is an, uh, an indestructible force of nature that's very dangerous. And on space, he is a good gladiator. Um, so that's a, that's a good frame, uh, to, to put him in. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think there could be a, a Hulk movie. Um, I don't know how much, I mean, Guy, it sounds like you've read a lot more Hulk than uh, maybe some of us, certainly way more than me. I don't well, know how much of the... I mean, it's like 20 pages of art in a Hulk smash every now and then. So I don't know how much of the good Hulk stuff they've already mined for the movies. Oh, uh, uh, so they've done a fair amount. Uh, Ragnarok takes pulls a lot from... Uh, Planet Hulk. Uh, Planet Hulk. Which I know that's a particularly like successful they've, one. They've precluded doing World War Hulk, which is where mm-hmm. he comes back and just beat the crap out of everybody. Right. <laughs> I think one yeah. of the problems... With a lot of these stories like Planet Hulk, which I love, I think it's really good, is yeah. the Hulk is a character in them, and he talks yes. and thinks, and a lot of the, some of the Peter David stuff, too, you end up with, like, uh, yes. Joe Fixit or whatever, where he, he's a yes. he's got more of a he's brain. He's a gray Hulk, he's underpowered, and he's smarter. And I'm yeah. not sure, I mean, that, that would be an interesting take, but, but then you've got a CGI character for the whole movie. And it seems like the, the at least modern Marvel kind of doesn't want to go down that route of having the Hulk be the Hulk the whole time. They like the Hulk banner duality, and mm-hmm. they've got a Hulk character who doesn't say a lot, and that that's sort of what they're go the classic kind of Hulk. And for Planet Hulk, like yeah, he's just the Hulk the whole time and talks and is a character, and that would be a different way to go, but it would be so far off of the way they've constructed yeah. that character now. And and World War Hulk is uh, basically yeah. can't happen at this point. That's I mean, there's like, well, too, much, like the too much smashing going on. It's essentially you know? yeah. would be the uh, the next Avengers movie, except that the Hulk is the villain, which would be <laughs> interesting, right? Because then he's not doesn't have to be a hero; he can just be destructive. But at the same yeah, time, but Thanos like, just came and smashed everybody. Right. It's hard to it's hard to smash more than Thanos. And so. I don't know how interesting the Hulk is as a villain ultimately, because all he does is smash. Right? He he's not right. he doesn't have a plan. He just wants to beat the crap out of everybody and that's not that interesting yeah. well he's, in world war hulk he did he was vindictive and he was smarter than he, he wanted w- smarter right yeah. smarter than than they would have i guess that i guess that's how i feel about it is that they they with the avengers they figured out the hulk is interesting as banner he's interesting because he can become the hulk anytime and then he's a little more unpredictable but at the same time he's a weapon that can be pointed at things as they literally happens where they're like hulk smash and, and that's i always like, it's great that's what he does. I, I thought it was strange that they chose to do Hulk movies uh, so early on uh, compared to, I, I don't know, I guess I would have, if I, I do not run a studio, uh, never will. Uh, it seems like the obvious choice would have been to start with Captain America and build out from there. So it's, it's strange. They've done a got- really, really crappy Cap movie in the 90s. Okay, so that and was Cap the, the poison, was like, poisoned that well. Cap, uh, like when I was selling comics for a living, Cap was way down the list. Okay. Like Cap was not a popular guy. Uh, it, Iron Man wasn't even that popular. Like he had Spidey and the X Men, at, mm-hmm. at which you know the ones that got picked up by other studios. Guess what? Were the ones that other studios wanted to pick up. Uh, Iron Man was a B lister, and Hulk was probably also a B lister, and Captain America was like, he's really hard to pull off. Mm-hmm. Like they did an amazing job with that. They got so lucky with Chris Evans, and they did yeah. a really job. We, we are we were all job. lucky that there is a Chris Evans. Like, yeah, well, yeah, Here? just in, just Here. in just in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yep. it's yeah. each and every day. Be thankful yeah. <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Chris Evans. I wake up. I Chris, Chris Evans. I, I kiss up. my Chris Evans image, and I'm like, I am never going to be as cool as you. Yep. Um, and that's guy's anyway, life. But that's yeah. <laughs> it's rough. Well, the Hulk is a weird character. Mm-hmm. I would I would actually like to to build my own Hulk movie out of bits and pieces oh. from, from these two. <laughs> yeah, because because like I said, I had it mixed up in my head who was in which movie in the first place. So after watching both of them over the course of a couple days, I would like to start with uh, Eric Bana's looks because I am shallow. Um, but uh, Edward Norton's talent and skill and uh, and writing quality. <laughs> Take that, Eric Bana. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, I would Can like you get Jennifer, some, uh, Con- Jennifer Colony. Colony. <laughs> yep, yep. Jennifer Jennifer Colony as a, as a Connolly as opposed to Liv Liv Tyler. Uh, but you. but acting more in the style of the Incredible Hulk film 
as yeah. opposed to in, in Hulk. Uh, as General Ross, I would actually prefer Sam Elliott, but with huh. William Hurt's mustache. <laughs> that is very important. Perhaps that might be the most important part. <laughs> I really think Sam Elliott's mustache kept moving during the film. Incomparable listeners, if you could just, uh, if you could get working on a fan edit where you just swap <laughs> the two mustaches between these two films. <laughs> I'm willing to watch The Hulk again with a new mustache. <laughs> I, I'm okay with uh, Ty Burrell staying. He was fine. Uh, I would prefer Tim Roth. No Nick Nolte. No. Anywhere near it. Um, definitely Ed Norton's dog from the beginning of The Incredible Hulk, not the Nick Nolte creepy dogs. Um, and as I said, I would actually prefer the Eric Bana style poor CGI Hulk because he, it's less muscly and gross. And uh, closing credits, whatever the song was from The Incredible Hulk, even though I don't remember what it was, because it, whatever it was, it's not worse than that awful Velvet Revolver song that was at uh, the end of Hulk. Yeah. yeah. So, so I will that's, that's go see movie. your movie. I will pay for your movie. <laughs> All right. Oh, I, I will also, Jason, by the way, pay to see your stage play of The okay, Hulk, good. which does not involve The <laughs> Hulk. Just always yeah, off stage, waiting for The Hulk. Exactly. Is what, yeah. it is, what it's going to be called. Um, at the end of this movie, uh, Tony Stark walks in and talks to the general. And I kind of enjoyed that scene, although it, it, it does make that classic um, mistake of reminding you of a, a better movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I felt like that scene should have been after the credits and then it would have been fine. Well, they didn't do that. Like, we they didn't, didn't know that was a thing yet. that <laughs> we didn't have to do back then. What are you then, talking about? Ferris Bueller did it. Well, that's true. That's yeah. true. I think, but obviously, they, they would do that today. That's what that was intended to be. And then somebody yes. at Universal probably was like, "No, no, no, we're going to put it before the credits. People leave; they're not going to see it." And Robert Downey Jr. We we got him to be in our movie. Mm-hmm. We 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 need him in this movie. Um, but I thought I thought that was okay. And then, strangely enough, of course, um, William Hurt returns in Civil War and in Infinity War. So they they decide every now and then they need a. Uh, kind of a jerk uh, who works for the government <laughs> and they, they, they bring General Ross mustache. back I guess and, and his mustache comes along yeah yeah so that's and I thought he I thought he served that role well by well by Civil War he's not even General anymore is he is he Secretary I think he's like of State. Secretary of State or something yeah at that point yeah 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 no, I think they uh, should not have got, let that guy be Secretary of State. They no, should have yeah. done no. a background check and said so that he mo- accidentally created a Hulk. Yeah, yeah. watch, the, watch this, this is, movie and you'll realize that it's not a good President idea. Eisenhower warned about this in his final speech that, you know, if the the military industrial complex, if if left unchecked, will create one or two Hulk films. So here's, here's you know. my movie idea is the Senate confirmation hearings for Secretary of State Ross. And all it is is just playing back footage of him shooting up a college campus yeah. with like an army full of guys. General Ross, <laughs> did you give the order to have <laughs> the um to have the helicopters shoot the top of the Golden Gate Bridge, sir? I think you'll find that that was not my movie. <laughs> all right, so Jason's going to play. Uh, Erica has a uh, super enhanced Hulk 2.0. Uh, Guy has a Senate here. We'll call, we'll call Erica's movie <laughs> Credible um, Hulk. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you guys, here's my pitch. It's a movie about a journey to the center of the earth. So, oh, never mind. No. I'm done. Okay. <laughs> oh, and on that note, I think we're going to wrap up our discussions. I think we've been irradiated with enough gamma radiation now to last until next week uh, when we'll be back for more of the summer of Marvel next week. Oh, I can't wait. Thor, a movie that I kind of like, and Thor 2, a movie I don't like, but maybe I'll change my <laughs> mind. Who knows? Uh, maybe John Moltz will convince me why Thor 2 is not terrible. Oh, you did get him on. That's real. Yeah, that's, that's I, he's scheduled to appear. We'll see. Scheduled to appear, okay. John Moltz. But I want to thank my guests who took the time, and I do mean that, to watch Hulk <laughs> and Incredible Hulk. Uh, Erica Ensign, thank you for putting in the many hours and many split screens and many mustaches for, and many helicopters for the <laughs> Hulk movies. I guess we can still be friends, Jason. I guess. Uh, yeah, I know. Tony, are you speaking to me after this? <laughs> <laughs> Jason, the only way out is in. Okay. So. That's right. That was uh, the incredible Hulk story. You don't, you don't have to acknowledge No, it, so. I'm not going to do that. Guy English, thank you. I, I really love being on the mothership, but I got to tell you. <laughs> do you? The price is high. The price yeah. is it, very is, high. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know what I did to hurt you, Jason. But, uh, <laughs> the, 
the all I can say is I inflicted this on myself too. At least I can say that I didn't know what we were getting into. But the things you got to do for the summer of Marvel, I'm telling you. Yeah, we could have watched a different movie instead of Ang Lee's Hulk, but there it was. And now we've seen it. I feel like we've grown as people. Now I've seen it. Still worth being a movie, by the way. I'm still happy that it exists in the world. I'm just not it's, happy I have to watch it again. Fasc- still angry about Hulk it's dogs. It's fascinating, yeah. It, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. the Summer of Marvel will continue next week. Thanks to everybody out there for listening. We'll see you then <laughs> for more with a, a guy with a hammer. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye.